Hey guys and gals, we're your hosts, Mackenzie and Sierra, and you're listening to the Girls Gone Gab podcast. Buckle up because we're about to get gabbing. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Girls Gone Gab. What a week it has been. Um, What a whirlwind. Yeah. Um, if you didn't know, uh, the one and only Taylor Swift has dropped a surprise album on us. She pulled a Beyonce and dropped her eighth. This is the eighth album, right? Yes. Eighth album on all of us in quarantine. And it's, it's everything we needed. And I I feel like that's just, that's overshadowed the entire week. Exactly. Um, whenever you're listening to this, um, it's probably been out for probably about a week now. But so you've had some time then, if you do know, to listen and find your favorites and just really revel in all of it. So, but we're going to just kind of unleash all of our thoughts around this whole album. Yeah, I was... I mean, I was surprised, but I was totally not surprised that Taylor decided to drop this surprise album. And honestly, it surprises me more that she hasn't done a surprise album before. I guess there's few artists that have done it. You know, Beyonce really, I feel like, set the tone or she was like the first big artist to do it, at least that I know of. Maybe other people have done it. Mm -hmm. So I was not too shocked, especially I feel like this is the perfect time to, to record an album and to drop it like you know people are desperate for like good content good music good movies right now so put out a not great album and probably get some attention right it's a distraction from everything else going on in the world and so I think it's the best time (laughs) well what I was I was telling my mom this the other day I think a lot of people I've seen memes out there like you know uh Taylor Swift wrote like a likely Grammy award winning album in quarantine. And all I did was watch Tiger King and eat chips. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it, it probably is not that hard for her or for any artist to that, you know, uh, point because you think about it, you know, most artists, I feel like leave a year to two years in between each album, but I don't think that's because they aren't writing or because they like can't put out music that quickly you just think about when you get to the level that taylor swift is at i feel like you're doing so much press you're going on tour that like you don't have the time to stop and record an album you might be writing but you just don't have the time and with quarantine and this whole pandemic i mean there's literally nothing else they can do i'm like i feel like she probably whips a song out in like 25 minutes works with the producers and whoever on it for a couple hours one day and like it's done I know I feel like that would be a dream to be like a a singer songwriter creator artist of any kind and just be like in lockdown and you're like perfect now I have the time to set aside to just make something magical and she did the thing and what better way than to make it a surprise? Because I feel like that's how, like when you just, when you create so much hype around something and there's this buildup to some big release, um, 
people can form like their own expectations about what it might be like or mm-hmm. preconceived notions. And so I feel like we didn't have any of that. And we just kind of like came in, no expectations, got to hear it for what it is. And that's probably what she wanted. It's yeah. Like nobody's going to see this coming and everyone's just going to listen to it with like a clean slate and just like judge it just all at once. Yeah. From top to finish. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was probably also important because of the genre shift of it, of it being, you know, a little bit more folk, indie, whatever, you know, you really want to call it. Cause I definitely think that a lot of the criticism that Taylor has gotten over the years has been about, you know, I feel like versatility is a good word, which, you know, I do see it as a good thing, but some people don't that she's dipped into so many genres. And I, th- I feel like no genre, no fan genre really wants to claim her besides like her fans, mm-hmm. like country people say she's too pop pop say she's too country, you know? Yeah. Just which all of that. no sense to me. Cause what one person only likes one genre and that's it. I mean, maybe there are some people out there that only like one genre, but I just feel like, I feel like you should be able to do whatever genre you want and it's more exciting to do various things for me, even as a listener, I'm like, Oh, this is cool. Switching it up on us again, but that's fine because I like all kinds of genres. So, yeah. And just the amount of, like I said, versatility, I think how many other people can you think of like even some of the greatest musicians, can you imagine them? switching genres like you know if van halen went country like no you know i mean maybe maybe they could pull it off but i just think there's few artists that have dipped into so many different genres and not only that not only the versatility of the genres but also just her overall like brand and image i feel like has changed so much over the years like you know she went from the country the curly hair girl next door kind of vibe and then she went like more pop um you know with 1989 that and like red yeah and then she went real dark with us on the (laughs) which was like was like her bad girl um phase yeah call it a phase like a 13 year old teenager like she went through a bad girl phase but it was just her (laughs) her like um comeback you know, she had like a Slytherin moment. If yeah, we're talking from like that daughter. <laughs> to like lover and being like, I don't know, this daydream cotton candy vibe, pastel color. Yeah. And now we're back to dark grays and this indie vibe and frolicking I, through fields. Yeah. It's backyard. Just, I think it's all over the place. And I love it. I, again, I think some of the critics of her think, well, like, she just, um, what is the line from the John Mayer song, you're like 22 girls in one. And I Yes. Think, yes. Which I, I think is about her. Yes, it is about her. Um, and I think a lot of guys, not to put a label on it, but I think a lot of her critics are male. And I think kind of that sentiment in general that you know John Mayer has about Taylor Swift and that I think maybe other men have about Taylor Swift or about females in general is that if you change up your 
look or what you're interested in or, you know, whatever, kind of like changing your brand or changing your genres, um, that it's just seen as like, well, you just must be so fake and you're just, you know, I don't know. I don't know the words to describe. You're not genuine because you just flip flop around and just change. Yeah. Like we can be multifaceted. Exactly. Exactly. I'm like, no, just because you have all these different sides to yourself does not mean you're fake or that you're trying to fit into other people. It just means that like you're more than one dimensional, you know? Right. Agree. And so I'm like, yeah, I am 22 girls in one. Hell yeah. (laughs) Come at me with all my personalities. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So you know what? Rock on Taylor. I'm here for it. I, I really enjoy the new vibe. I do too. Um, I've always enjoyed like a little more indie kind of style. So I'm into it. And I feel like we should discuss not controversy because it's not controversy, but some of the like theories we've been seeing though around this album, because we just, we need to discuss. Yeah. I mean, anytime Taylor drops an album, there is always speculation about who the songs are about and all of that. She loves to drop like Easter eggs for people to try to figure out the real meaning behind things. And obviously the name itself of this album is folklore. And she put out like a statement, I guess it's probably included in like the actual album. Um, But I saw it online and it just talks about how like folklore stories are sometimes made up and then they're passed down over years or generations or groups of people and then it's kind of hard to tell what's real and what's fake and she mentions like a lot of these stories come from her imagination so they're not her own experiences but just stories that she's made up but of course knowing Taylor there's no way that this whole album is entirely made up and has no relation to her life so people are trying to kind of decipher what's real and what's fake Yeah, because that's just not who she is. I mean, she writes about herself and her own life experiences. So we know to some extent this is has some truth to it, but how much and in what detail we don't know. And I feel like I've never been that listener of her music where I've just like super criticized every word and like been a super sleuth. Like I've never been that kind of a fan I've never been that kind of a fan but it is it is entertaining though to like get into it online and on the inner on the internet because it's like so interesting because I'm like I don't listen to things and think of these things so the people who have those imaginations and who can find like figure out some of this stuff just like blows my mind yeah I definitely used to be way more into it like I mean I was a huge Swifty. I think I've seen Taylor probably seven or eight times in concert. I um, I wrote her a letter once, and she mailed me back. Really? Not to flex on everyone. Yeah. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you said that so humbly. Not to flex on everyone, but me and Taylor kind of bestie. We were pen pals there for a minute. It's fine. <laughs> it was like. Mm, this was a while back. It was my freshman year of high school, which would have been 2010, 10 years ago. Taylor wrote me. Oh. Yeah. I feel it like was I like- was supposed to see her in concert um, in Louisville, and then it got canceled. Um, 
I was not there for that. And then I also was going to see her another time. I think it was 1989. And then I up and decided to leave the country. So I had to sell my tickets. Mm. And so I've like tried to see her multiple times. But in reality, I've only ever seen her the one time that you and I saw her. Really? I didn't know that that was your That was the first and only time I've ever seen her. That was like my eighth. (laughs) No, that's crazy. I know. I've just, I've seen her a lot. I've been lucky. It's kind of like fallen into my lap several times. Uh, Once I won tickets, like the day of, at a car dealership. Um, That's so random. A fun fact about me is, I mean, I was, I grew up as a fan girl. Like, you know, I, I've always been into concerts and my biggest obsession was the Jonas Brothers. And so my motto in life is you can't win if you don't try. And so people like to say that I'm very lucky and that I win a lot of things, which is true. But you're not lucky if you don't try to play the game. And so without getting too much. Listen up, folks. (laughs) Without getting too much into the weeds of like my whole childhood story, I've won probably at least 10 different times concert tickets. I won front row to Miley Cyrus and meet and greets. And those were two separate contests for the same concert that I won. Um, I've won multiple Jones brothers tickets. I've won Keith urban tickets. I've won Taylor Swift tickets. I've won a lot of things, but that's cause like if there's a comp, if there was ever a contest on the radio or um, they're like, you know, the radio stations like come to this car dealership and enter, guess what? Only like, 25 people are going to take the effort to drive to the car dealership and enter. And I'm like, heck yeah, I'm going to come. I'm going to pull up. And if they give away a set of tickets, my chance is one in 20. And that's how I've won things. I feel like that's not really the case anymore because I don't know, or I just don't listen to the radio as much anymore. I'm like a Spotify girl, but that's my motto in life. What do you, what do you have to lose in free contest? I have to take free tickets front row to Taylor Swift um, yeah. And I've lucked out. I've been front row at Taylor Swift by happenstance twice now. Once was the 1989 tour and I got an email cause I was part of her fan club, which was like free. Like, it's not like I had a paid membership, but I got an email from Taylor's website like two days before the concert. And they were like, because you're part of the fan club, we want to give you first access to some tickets that have opened up in the pit. And they were like face value. So I paid like $100 to sit in the very front row of the, um, I think it was the 1989 tour, or maybe it was Red, the Red album. It was whichever one um, Ed Sheeran was on, which was awesome because I got like Ed Sheeran and Taylor Swift. I'm pretty sure that was Red. Yeah, it was Red. Um, Front row. And then me and you were front row in Chicago. That was that. That was two years ago now. Um, yeah, for the reputation, and that was crazy. Which we already had pretty good seats. Like we were already on the, you know, low ground, like lower level, and like, but mm-hmm. we were just kind of to the side and like kind of not far back, but just not very really far on the side and like not anywhere near the front or the center, and um, just randomly happened to get those tickets like I don't even well, your mom your mom had so we went to Chicago with Sierra's mom and she wasn't gonna go to the concert 
with us. She was just like along for the trip in Chicago. And then last minute she decided she wanted to go too. And so she bought like a single ticket online the day of, and her seat was really close and down low because usually when you buy a single ticket, I think, no, I think actually, I think she bought a single ticket and it was like in the nosebleeds, but then she got like bumped. She got, she got, um, what's it called? when you upgraded or yeah, whatever like she got a lot of times when you go to the ticket booth like if because a lot of empty single, single seat yeah. yeah so I think she and got upgraded like the day of and she had a better seat than we did and she just came over and was like hey I have this um really close one ticket seat and so then we just kind of swapped like she stood where we were supposed to be and then we both just went to her one yeah, seat, were- but we just like made it work um, yeah, we really weren't supposed to be there, but we just squished in and acted like everything was Yeah, fine. it was totally fine. And it was amazing. Yeah. So that was... And my and... mom met her mom. I know. I know. And that's another side story. Um, I have also met... I know I told you at the time, but mm-hmm. that's my only other cool claim to Taylor fame is that I did meet her mom. <sighs> I don't remember the tour, but it was it was in the You Belong With Me love story day. So I guess Fearless album that's the purple outfit right is that maybe or no. no it's the white it's, dress it's the curls yeah flip. it's the curls the there's flip. there's so many albums with the white flip. dress okay well, got it hard that's how I differentiate them is by what outfit she's wearing <laughs> yeah so during that one um I went with one of my other best friends Rebecca I was a sophomore in high school and we were down on the floor near the sound booth and we met her mom and her dad. But I think I only have a picture with her mom, but the internet does not need to see that. I was a sophomore in high school and it's <laughs> as rough as you can imagine. And the flash is on in a dark room. Oh and no. All- <laughs> yeah. I feel like my mom just randomly told us, she was just like, Hey, um, Taylor's mom just like grabbed me. That was the weird part of that story. I know my mom. Taylor's mom grabbed your mom. I know my mom. I don't think my mom would have known what Taylor Swift's mom looked like to go up to her. Like, because my mom, I don't think she, she likes Taylor Swift, but she's not like a super fan. She didn't grow up listening to her like we did. So Mm -hmm. my mom had no idea that this was Taylor's mom. But I think my mom was, like, going to the bathroom or something. They are going to get something to drink. Yeah. And Taylor's mom just, like, grabbed her arm and was like, hey, mom. Like, she said something like that to her, like, like yeah. just kind of acknowledging that she was a fellow mom, like, coming to the concert. And she just kind of, like, grabbed her and said, hey. And my mom was like, hey. And then, then I think it clicked for her somehow that, like, oh, my gosh, this lady is significant because probably other people around her were probably freaking out. And so yeah. my mom got a picture with her, but it's like the blurriest selfie on planet Earth. Like my mom's, like most moms are not always the best at taking pictures, but in the moment, that's what she could manage. And she was just so proud of that. And it was yeah. cool. <laughs> what if she was like, I'm not a mom. I'm just here by myself. <laughs> I know. What if she was just like, um, I don't have any children at all. I'm just a fan. <laughs> I have a good time. I, I wouldn't blame her true so yeah I feel like we got way off track from what well, we were <laughs> we did we did we did we were gonna talk we have- about some things we've heard yeah so I don't know too many of the details so we won't get too into the weeds of all the conspiracy theories but what I have been hearing and what I've been seeing on TikTok and the internet in general is people are confused did 
Taylor break up with her boyfriend, Joe, or did um, they get married? Like two and two totally different to the spectrum, um, just based on different things in the album. People are saying Invisible String could potentially be alluding to the fact that um, she got married to Joe. I think that song in Peace potentially. Yeah, I was gonna say you know, Peace. Peace sounds like more ever like a like because she's so famous. Like you're always gonna be in the limelight, kind of thing. But she also says things like. I'll give you a child and I see your family as my family. Like I see your brother as my brother, which, um, so it's like yeah. makes it sound like she's, a marriage song. He's already in, they're already like intertwined in each other's families, which I imagine they probably would be anyway, if they are together. Yeah. Because it's been, well, in, but still. Yeah. We also had the paper rings song on the last album, mm-hmm. which already had people assuming, or at least, at least acknowledging that she sees him as potentially her future husband. So that's where she's at in her mind. So there's that theory out there, but then there's also quite a few um, breakup type songs or a heartbreak songs on this album. And so people are also curious if they could have potentially broken up. And that's, that kind of ties into there is some mystery about um, this writer on the album. So, Taylor has several co-writers on this album, and one of them is listed as William Bowery. And from what I've looked up, um, it seems like Bowery is like the name of a hotel that they either stayed at or met at. I'm not 100% accurate or sure on that, but that her and Joe stayed at. And so Taylor likes to kind of make up fake names for people, and people are thinking that either Joe actually helped to co-write some of these songs like he actually helped or maybe the songs that he's listed as a co-writer on the songs are like about him are related to him in some way and he didn't actually co-write them but that's just kind of like an easter egg type thing because when you google William Bowery nothing comes up in terms of like songwriting or who this man is so it just seems like he must be fake and the two songs that he's listed as a co-writer on our exile which is a you know kind of breakup heartbreak song and the song betty so which i feel like it's nothing new to taylor to have breakup songs because i mean she's kind of known for that i would say some way so it's like is it significant or is it just her just happened to be on this album does it mean anything or does it not mean anything but also, speaking of Betty, I saw last night, scrolling through TikTok, as I do at midnight, mm-hmm. um, some other speculation that Betty in, is in somewhat way alluding to Taylor possibly being, like, bisexual, which caught me off guard, was not ready for that news, but they're making it seem like maybe it's about Carly Kloss, which I thought the Carly Kloss stuff was like behind us, but you never know. And so people are saying, you know, Carly's, I think middle name is Elizabeth and Elizabeth can be shortened to Betty. And she talked about, you know, doing something bad to someone and like straining a relationship in some way in that song. And then also I heard that and the song seven 
which when I first heard it, I just thought this is a really cute song about like being a kid. Um, and, but she says something about, you know, but I still think of you sometimes. And they talk about like playing, playing pirates or something and like hiding in a closet. And I kid you not the bi community on TikTok lost their minds when she mentions anything about a closet. So is it just a coincidence or is there something to this? I have no idea, but it was blew my mind. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. I'm like that. I have not heard that. And it, it just has me shook. There's nothing. If, if that's the case, more power to her. I'm totally here for it, but I just, I have a hard time believing it. And Again, not because I'm, I don't want it to be true or I'm adverse to it. If that's her truth and her, her life, I'm, you know, all for supporting that. But it's just, I don't know. It seems off, but, you know, sometimes you don't know these things about people. And there's a reason that, you know, some people try to keep this stuff hidden and it comes out later. But I don't know, because I also have heard theories about the whole Betty song and, um, the last great American dynasty or whatever that song is titled. Yeah. Um, It's the name Elizabeth is the name of the woman that originally lived in her house in Rhode Island. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I heard that too. And And I mean, that song, the, the great last great American dynasty, um, that song very clearly the lyrics line up with the story of this woman that used to live in Taylor's house. I don't feel like, at least upon my listening, that any of that alludes to Carly Kloss or a bisexual situation. It seems very straightforward about this woman. And like you said, you know, Elizabeth can be shortened to Betty. And so people saying that the Betty song is just kind of like a make-believe, like she said, some of these songs on this album are like make-believe or written from other people's perspective. And people are saying it is also about um, this woman, which I think could be true. Cause I also wonder, you know, I think Taylor does try to make her songs inclusive. And I just wonder if with this album, she's trying to write some songs from other people's perspectives, not just her own lived experience. And again, maybe, you know, being bisexual is her lived experience, but I think it could just be maybe, you know, this woman, Elizabeth or Betty that lived in her house. Maybe she had a story that's related to this Betty song. And Taylor thought, you know, some of my fans might relate to this. I'm going to write a song from this perspective. So who knows? The jury is out and we'll support it either way. But yeah, so just take this information as you will form your own thoughts around it. Maybe give it a listen or several and, you know, get back to us on your thoughts. But we just wanted to discuss because it's interesting. Yeah, I would say I have my favorites from the album, Mm -hmm. which um, are not the ones that we have spoken of so far. My my top three are uh, the one, uh, which I feel like a lot of people like. I mean, that's the title, first track of the album, not the title that's track. That's a good um, opening. Yeah. And then Cardigan, second track. And then I think 
most likely my number one favorite is August. Mm-hmm. So um, all three of those are uh, breakup songs. So if I told you <laughs> about my love life, I feel like all the like happy people in relationships, they love like Invisible String and all these like lighter ones. And I'm like the darkest songs of the album. Those are my favorite. <laughs> I feel like I'm all over the place, though, because I mean, I also love the one. Like, I love that one. Yeah. I also really do love Invisible String, but I'm also very, very painfully single. So I just think it's a sweet, cute song. Yeah. Um, but I also really love Peace, which yeah, um, I really just like the music in the beginning of it. Like, I could just listen to that music at the beginning, like, on loop, on repeat, like, before she even starts singing, because it just sounds very my vibe. But I just like the song a lot, and it doesn't always rhyme. It's kind of more, like, loose, like, lyrically. I don't know. I just really like that one. Yeah. I mean, I like a lot of them, but I definitely think that I typically relate to the – whatever song I can, like, relate to the most that, like, literally describes my life. That's, like, my – I can't not – that can't not be my favorite, you know? Yeah. Sometimes it amazes me how, like – accurate the lyrics can be and I know a lot of relationships play out the same way and so of course you know we have similar lived experiences and a lot of people can relate to a lot of Taylor songs but some of them are just so accurate and for me August is one of them that I'm like this song was written for me when she talks about like (laughs) these lyrics being or some of these songs being made up I'm like God spoke to Taylor in her sleep and was like Taylor, you got to write this song. Here's the story. Here's the plot line. It's Mackenzie's life and <laughs> go write it. And then she wrote it just for me. Didn't you have like a reaction? Was it to that song or was it to which song was it that made you have the, the reaction? Because <laughs> you texted me. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. I did, I did not say after midnight on the night it came out because I had to be a grown adult and go to work the next day. But um, I did listen to it as soon as I woke up on Friday, and I was just listening to it while I was getting ready for work. And it was actually the second song, so it was during Cardigan when I um, cried for a hot second. It's fine. Um, not like a full-on, like, sob break, But, like, shed a tear, though. But just shed a little tear. And, <laughs> yeah, I just did because I think – like a lot of memes and TikToks and people have been saying out there, there were, um, I've seen things that are like, uh, folklore has me ready to text my second grade ex-boyfriend. <laughs> it just really like, gets you in those feels. Yeah. And I totally agree. Like things that I was not thinking about or feeling, um, a week ago have all just bubbled up resurfaced <laughs> with this album because it just cuts it cuts deep I'm like these words you know I mean that's just Taylor's songwriting and so yeah I, some of the words are just very accurate and it 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 brought up some things and so I was like wow um but I think it's just been a long stressful week in general at work like just we've been really busy and then um Taylor dropped this on me at the end of the week and I've been doing a weird thing which won't surprise you but whenever I'm in times of distress or high emotion which I feel like is kind of the case right now just with coronavirus and 
times are just getting dark now. It's like, how long is this going to last? You know, not having a lot of things to look forward to, all of that, you know. Yeah. I feel like it kind of started to take a toll. And you also have a lot on your plate, it sounds like. Yeah. And so when I do, I try to find, like, things to do to distract me. And one of my favorite things to do is to, like, organize or clean or plan. Like, those types of tasks, like, give me – it's a control thing. It's definitely a control thing for me. If I feel like I can have control over certain aspects of my life. And so my latest project has been organizing my pictures, which sounds weird. And I think other people do not care about this to the extent that I do. But I just hate the fact that I have so many pictures in so many different places. Like on, I have several laptops, like old laptops, my current laptop. And there's pictures stored on those. There's pictures on USB drives. There's pictures on my phone. And I just hate that they're all scattered and that there's duplicates of certain pictures. Like I don't need 20 copies of one picture from forever ago. And so I've made it my mission to consolidate all of them into one place and to like organize using Amazon photos is my preferred method if anyone wants to know. Because then I can like tag it by people. So if I want to put up, pull up any picture of Sierra, I got to click Sierra's name and then however many pictures with her just pull up and create albums and yada, yada, yada. So, which also sounds very time consuming. Like it is like that, that stresses me out. You're like, this gives me clarity. This gives me control. I'm like, that sounds like a nightmare because Sierra would cry. I, I would have a breakdown doing that. Like technical things and like, oh my God, if any one went wrong, I, I lose it. Yeah. But I, and it is, it is hard. It's a lot to take on, but I just, I, the peace that I will feel when it's done will be great. So I've been working on that all week and moral of the story is not about me organizing my pictures, but I think I was just already in an emotional state on Friday morning. (laughs) Just reminiscing. (laughs) Because really, truly, when you think about basically every, every picture I've taken since iPhones have been a thing, which is, you know, years now is so many. And so it's basically like reliving not your whole life, but a good chunk of your life by going through these pictures. And of course, not all of it's sad, but there's just a whole mix of emotions, even pictures where, you know, you're happy. You can be like, yeah, I was actually going through a really hard time at that time. Or, oh, there's a friend that I used to have and, you know, we've lost touch or we're not friends anymore or um, breakups and all these different things that you might not see in the pictures. But when you see those pictures, it takes you back to that point in life. And so to just like go through all of that from like, I don't know, I have pictures from like 2013. So basically seven years worth of my life, there's highs and there's lows. And so I think that has just been, it it was on my mind. And then to, then Taylor dropped this on me and it was, it was a lot. To transition into like what we actually wanted to talk about today. um, It's going to be like more casual. Um, we're just going to have like a discussion, but what we wanted to talk about is just kind of like just being an adult. And I know that seems maybe like a basic topic, but just all things about being an adult, interacting with other adults, um, what we used to feel like adulting would be like when we were younger and just 
kind of more reflecting on what we wish we knew when we were younger and what our experience is like now. Cause you know, kind of like I just talked about, we've just been reflect with Taylor's album with my picture escapade. We've just been reflecting a lot about, you know, childhood or even young adulthood being in college and stuff and just having expectations of what you um, think, you know, being an adult is supposed to be like and what it's actually like. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like one, like a place to start would just be like, let's just kind of bounce off of each other and just kind of give a, give the people an idea of um, like what we used to think when we were kids, like being an adult would be like, because for example, watching movies and whatnot, I used to think being an adult would be glamorous. It would be like, wearing high heels and going to work in like a fancy outfit and like driving a car, like a nice car and um, having a dinner party at my house. And you know what I mean? Like I used to think that that picture was what being an adult was like. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I think a lot of us um, predict or, put expectations on our life based on movies and TV shows and things that we see growing up, um, which is part of the downfall because we tend to romanticize uh, what it will be like. And not to say that it's all crap. And exactly. Um, not bad. I mean, of course, you know, sometimes you do put on fancy outfits and go to work and throw dinner parties, but I think movies has you believing that that's like, you know, your daily life and that nothing boring ever happens. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I definitely agree. I don't know. I mean, I definitely thought those things of life being a little bit more glamorous than it probably is. But I thought about, and I don't know if this is just me, I thought when I was a kid, I when I would get scared or when I would be in pain, not taking this to a dark place, but, like, I mean, like, at night. Like, sometimes I'd be scared of the dark. Or when I would go to the doctor's office, I would be scared to get like a shot or it would like hurt or whatever and I remember sometimes you just remember certain internal like dialogues that you have in your own brain and I remember during like any type of moment like that where I would be scared or in pain or hurt I just remember I would like pep talk myself and I'd be like Mackenzie you're gonna be all right one day you're gonna be an adult and this is not gonna hurt you're not gonna be scared anymore like you (laughs) will be invincible like there's just this magical day where you have no pain, no. no hurt, no feelings. You just not, I mean, it, I think I was realistic about it. It wasn't like I thought like I will, you know, just become immortal when I turn <laughs> twenty one and I but I just thought like, you know, I saw my mom and my dad and other adults and they didn't cry when they got shots. They didn't get scared in the dark when they went to bed at night. And I just thought one day I'm gonna be that strong and that <laughs> like Yeah. Right. And so I would hype myself up and be like, you can get through this right now. I'm like, maybe this is just like the motivational speaker in me. But in my mind, I would be like, you can get through this. One day you will be a big girl and you can handle it. <laughs> this is why you are the best hype woman. Like, I I just keep thinking of like. Hype my own self up. <laughs> this is a lesson we all can learn from young Mackenzie. Just, you just got to be your own hype woman in times of stress or need. But. 
one day the pain will be gone. You can get through this moment. <laughs> it's temporary. But... And not to take this to a really weird point, but I would also really think about that when I would get constipated when I was little. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. It's not something I deal with now, but every now and then when I would be younger, you know, it would just be difficult. And I remember thinking, like, you will survive this moment. I, it hurts now. It's painful. This too shall pass. And you will get through it. And I don't know why, but that memory stands out in my mind. And I'm like, what's wrong with me? What is wrong with me? <laughs> I, that's hilarious. Even during my poops, I'm giving myself a motivational speech. Of course you are. I mean, I wouldn't imagine you being any other way. Honestly. You were kind. You were smart. <laughs> you can get through this bowel movement. <laughs> um, I was thinking like, okay, when you're little, you look up to people who are older than you, obviously, which I think you do probably throughout your whole life. Yeah. Um, but like, I remember when I was in high school and I was um, doing some something dance related with like little kids. And I remember a little, little girl, like, coming up to me and talking to me and, and asking me if I was married because I, I was wearing like a ring. Like it wasn't on, you know, the ring marriage ring finger. Yeah. Thing. Like I was just wearing a ring and, and she thought she just asked me if I was married. I was probably like 17 years old. And I was like, no, I'm not married. <laughs> like what? But she was probably like four. Um, but it's just funny how, like when you're younger, you have no grasp of, reality and how old people are and like where people are in their lives because I probably did the same thing like I probably looked at my own mom when I was like in kindergarten and thought wow like she's got it all together like which my mom is and has always been a boss like she always has been always will be but like so not saying that she didn't have it together she's also human yeah but she's also human and like my mom at the time when I was like in kindergarten was in her, like she might've been like 30. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, Oh my God, I'm almost 30 now. Like I am three years away from 30 and my mom had two children and was working a job, was married. Like, you know what I mean? And I'm just now that I'm older, I'm thinking back and I'm like, Oh my God, I thought my mom probably had it all together then, but she probably really didn't. Like she probably was just, a regular human trying being to trying to figure it out, just going through life. And here I am now realizing these things because I'm like, wow, okay, here I am. And now there's people who are my age or younger or older or whatever, but around my age that are one parents or that are doctors, lawyers, what have you. And I'm like, oh my God we all just out here figuring it out. Like, it's just this epiphany, like, wait a minute. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I think that's a realization I've had is when you grow up, you think doctors and lawyers and all these people are just the smartest people ever and they could never make a mistake. And I'm not trying to discredit those professions at all. I mean, there's a lot of work that goes into that. Um, But I think once you go to college and you see like frat boy Chad that you, you know, went to house parties with and now he's a doctor you're like mm, I don't know if you should be you yeah know? exactly and that's <laughs> kind of terrifying and and you realize like wait a minute 
some of these people stay they're human stay being children though like you know not not really but you picture adults again as children being mature and having it all together and having it all figured out and they know all the answers and then when you get older and you see other people that again are like you're like imaginary imaginary frat boy chad like you're just like wait a minute that's not how i pictured my physician to be you know yeah it's like Like when you're a kid i totally get that I also probably should not be a physician either. So not to hate on anyone that's, a <laughs> that's not a person being, but I'm just saying when you grow up, you just think these people know everything and they could never be wrong and they can never make a mistake. And that's just far from the truth for all of us. Exactly. So that was just something that I was thinking about. And I was like, wait, this, this really hits different. <laughs> yeah. Totally when you agree. When you actually realize that you are an adult and you're like, all right, this ain't exactly all I thought it was going to be. It turns out being, you know, like that TikTok that we like with the guy who's like, wait a minute, (laughs) you're telling me I got to buy aluminum foil and what else does he say? I don't know. Toothpaste? Toothpaste. He's like, this shit is stupid. I forget exactly what he says, but (laughs) I just thought it was so funny because he's like, I did not think this is what I was going to spend my paycheck on. <laughs> like, and we can, we can all relate. Any adult can relate to have, to having the realization of all the stupid things you have to buy that are essential. Mine, my least favorite contacts. Why do I have to pay a million dollars a year to be able to see? This is ridiculous. <laughs> I just bought contacts. This is a scam. It, it truly is a scam. I I'm didn't like, ask what? this. I did not. And I'm like, contacts I'm just are kind of expensive. <laughs> so expensive I feel like anything home related is also just like expensive like oh you mustered up enough money to get a, an apartment a home if you will but you got to fill that home or apartment with stuff like oh you rug. want a pillow $40 exactly a rug just a even a basic one you know it doesn't have to be fancy just a basic rug $150. Like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That is a yeah, lot. Which I will say we definitely have a higher standard when it comes to interior decorating. Not that we're living at the Ritz, but the the more particular you are, the more expensive that um, is true. decorating an apartment becomes. And I will be the first to admit that we're a little bougie in that regard. I mean, yeah, we have particular taste. But it wasn't until I got older and I had to start making these purchases that I realized um, this stuff ain't cheap. I'm like, how did we have so many throw pillows growing up? We must have been rich. Exactly. (laughs) My mom used to switch out her pillows and her bedding like all the time. And she has so many decorations. Okay, my mom (laughs) used to decorate. I mean, she still does, but not as much now. But she used to decorate for, like, Halloween and, like, all these, you know, obscure holidays. And I'm like, I didn't know we were loaded. Exactly. We we really was doing it. We really had something going because we had I know, so your mind, many tubs. Like exactly. I'm like, I, I ain't decorating for anything except Christmas. Like, all the holidays. Oh, no. You got to 
I guess you just got to build it up over time, you know, your decor vault. But I'm like, yeah, in year one of living out on my own and not having a roommate, I'm like, we can afford Christmas and that in of itself to get a good tree that I mean, y'all already know if you listen to the last episode, I'm big on Christmas. So I had to ball out. But that alone last year, buying all of those decorations, I'm like, we can't afford no other holidays. No. So yeah, definitely adulting is more expensive than I think anyone anticipates it being. Yeah. And I just feel like there's so many other things that you just don't anticipate having to endure once you get older until it happens to you. And then you're just like, oh, wait a minute. I don't know if I know how to handle this. Do I call my mom or do I just roll What do you like those situations have been for you? Like AAA, for example. <laughs> like, you know, if you just which maybe these are just some basic life skills that I need to get better at, but I can call AAA. That's no problem. But it's just like nerve wracking. I panic in those situations. If you break down or have a flat tire, like no one sat down with me and had a chat and said, this is how you handle this situation when you get older and you've got to do it and you got to have money set aside to pay for emergencies like that. Yeah. That and also like, taxes and like what if you get pulled over you know like if I get pulled over for speeding I I actually panic like have you yeah I have multiple times not recently I'm not panicked about it and it's never happened to me but I like wouldn't panic okay I've been pulled over I want to say not to myself two or three two or three times but I will say two of those times I was under 21 and so maybe that was why I was more panicked maybe now that I'm older I wouldn't be but at the time I was like 18 and maybe like 20 that I got pulled over and I just like the first time I know I sobbed I just lost I'm sure I would cry after but I don't think I would cry in the moment oh I cried in the moment and I and he had no mercy. This officer had zero mercy. I'm pretty sure I was going like 40 and a 25, and which doesn't sound that crazy. Like I was, I was speeding, but I wasn't going like 80. You know, I was, I was going 40 and like a 25. But it was also I feel like you get a ticket though if you're in a lower speeding zone, like a 25 mile limit versus on the expressway. Yeah, and you're 70. And what made it worse is that. It was also in a school zone. Yeah. So, That's where you play. yeah, that they really got me. And also, I was like in front of my own high school and I got pulled over literally leaving school. It was like towards the end of the year, like we were about to graduate and I got pulled over right in front of school, I, like ha- barely even left the campus and I got pulled over and I just started sobbing. Yeah. And then, like, other people I know from school were also leaving obviously and drove across me and saw me sobbing and we're just like waving a criminal exactly I was so it was just traumatic in so many ways I remember getting home and like telling my parents and they just kind of like laughed at me like it's totally fine it's just a ticket like we'll just pay it and it's fine but I was like but you're not disappointed in me like you're not gonna like yell at me or get mad at me they're like I mean it happens but I just like was terrified in that moment 
So just like there are just certain situations I feel like I was not prepared for. Yeah, I I agree to an extent. I think I, I, I this just goes to our like fundamental difference is type thing. I feel like I'm just someone that I'm like, I definitely could have been more prepared on a lot of fronts and I am not an expert on all things adult by any means, but I'm like, I'll research it. I'll figure it out and we'll have a game plan and I'm going to say calm, cool, collected about it. But I think that's because I've also been like a 40 year old woman since I was like eight. <laughs> like I, I definitely have an old lady side to me. So I feel like I've just been planning and preparing for these old lady adult situations. Again, I've been giving myself motivational speeches about these things for life. But see, you have like the willpower to like research and figure it out. Whereas I don't put enough energy into doing that. And so then I just either ignore it altogether and just pretend it doesn't exist or I also turn into like an 80 year old woman and I don't use online banking until literally like a year ago I had to like harass Sierra into getting online banking because we would be out and she'd be like hold on I just need to call my bank real quick and check my balance and I'm like what (laughs) okay grandma I'm like just hold I'm like why do you not have like an app to do that and she's like no I've just like never set up online banking I'm like it's not that hard she's like I know but then I'd have to like call someone or like go into the bank and like tell them and like I I can just call she's like I just keep a running tab in my mind of like how much money I have and I'm like that stresses me out so much which for the online banking since I was 14 I have several bank accounts I transfer money between them often I know all of the balances at all times and you just got a running tab and you're calling like go to the payphone and call I'm like what is wrong with you yeah but with times now which for the longest time that was working for me it wasn't broken that system was doing fine and then I realized okay yeah this could use some improvement um I guess I'll just go ahead and bite the bullet and get an app you know but I I was just really fighting it for the longest time and I don't know why I am the way that I am but you know I'm getting better I'm getting more with the times yeah Sierra's like if it's not broke like don't fix it and I'm like but there's a better way you're like it can be way more efficient and I'm like true but do I want to actually go through with it I don't know but I will if I go through with it she means call someone for about five minutes exactly but like they don't take a blood sample to get your online banking there's gotta be someone else out there though that relates to me okay i just i somehow yeah there's definitely other people that way it's not that you're awful and i'm just crushing it at the adulting game people just have different you know behaviors pros and cons to all of us i can be a little too much sometimes but yeah, I'm just like, I'll figure this out and I'm going to research it. I'll Google it. I'll read a book on it and we'll be good. Yeah. And I feel like I used to think that being an adult meant that you just had to like figure it out, do it on your own. And sometimes I just avoid those times where, and I don't want to like ask someone to help me because I'm like, okay, I should be able to do this on my own and I should be able to figure this out. But if I get frustrated with it, I just like say whatever, like, I just I'm like all right moving on but I mean honestly that's not and I and I I, like cannot leave anything unfinished like this photo project anything I'm like 
we must put a bow on everything and move it in the past and then we move on to my next problem and I will solve it we will finish it it's handled as Olivia Pope would say and move on which I mean that's good though and I'm trying to be more that way because I want to be able to tackle something that I don't understand or know how to do quickly and move on but I just am so like if I can't do this now and figure it out then I feel like I never will and I just I get overwhelmed and I'm just like, all right, it's fine. It's fine the way it is then. <laughs> like, I feel like I just accept that it is what it is and I'm yeah. done. So I'm and not that's like. A good thing in some regards, like I'm like, no, that I will not take no as an answer and we will fix this. And I, sometimes I rush to get things done and you know, you know, there's just pros and cons to it all. You probably have a little bit more internal peace at times. Whereas I'm like, no, we will fix this <laughs> at all costs. Yeah. So you it doesn't. Yeah, like it doesn't keep me up at night or anything like that. I'll just be like, all right, you know, it failed or I I don't know how to do that. So I'm just going to leave that to someone else or I'll figure it out at another time when I feel like it. (laughs) Like, so, so it's fine. It's fine. Like I need to put my TV on the wall. I'm just like staring at it right now and it's still not there. And I just haven't put forth the effort of trying to get someone to help me mount it. Like, it's just it's in it I'm just like it'll get done when it gets done <laughs> like it's fine yeah but it's fine also and I'm gonna try to take my own advice here to ask for help because I feel like I used to just think well if I can't figure it out then I'm stupid or <laughs> I'm yeah I'm not big- adult enough or I'm not mature enough if I can't do it on my own but in all honestly like being in a being an adult does not mean that you don't need help anymore. Yeah. I think if anything, the the more willing you are to ask for help, the more successful you can be because obviously no person is going to know how to do everything. And so I think drawing on people that are experts at whatever you're trying to figure out is the way to go sometimes. Exactly. And I forever stay calling my mom about things. So, and that's fine. And that is totally fine. There's nothing wrong with that. And I feel like she prefers it that way. At least I like to think that she does. And I'm just going to keep telling myself that she likes that I call her often. But yeah. Yeah. So now we're going to get into the end of the episode. We have a fun little game that you have prepared. So what are we doing? All right. I thought it would be cute to play a game of MASH, which if anyone else played this as a child I you're a real one because I feel like this used to just be a fun little game to play to kind of just predict or plan out what your future might hold um and so I figured we would do this separately so I've got some paper here I'm just gonna write mash at the top of it which for those who have forgotten stands for mansion apartment shack and house (laughs) So this is going to predict where we're going to live. And then I thought we would have a couple of categories. So first category being husband. This can be my husband. Your husband. I figured we could probably put like three names down. And then um, I'll tell you. These all have to be fictional. I have no real life. Yeah, there's no real reality to any of this honestly this is all just imaginary but let me tell you the categories real quick and then we'll fill them out so okay husband 
kids, meaning like number of children, which it can be zero, it can be a hundred, does not matter. Um, job. And then car. And then the last one is honeymoon. Oh, yeah, of course. So those are the um, categories there. We will do that and then we'll think of a number for each other. So I'll say a number for you. You'll say a number for me. And then I'll go through and you'll go through and we'll like mark them off until we have one of each. And then we'll reveal our answers. Are they supposed to like when we were younger – You'd usually put, like, one that's really desirable and one that's, like, the worst. Are yeah, at like- least one of them has to be trash. Like, okay. One of them has to be, like, not desirable. Two of them has to be prime. One has to be trash. Okay. All right. How about your number okay. be five? Okay. Your number's going to be seven. And so just in case you don't know how the game goes, you go through the list and go like five down and then cross it out and then five more down and then cross it out until you only have one left. Yeah. Just category. go, go yeah. through every category, mark them off. Okay. And don't forget the top. Don't forget the word mash either. That is also a category. Not Nick Jonas. <laughs> oh, I lost Harry Styles. All right. It's been decided. So I'll go first and okay. share my results. Um, so out of my home options, I ended up with a house instead of a shack or apartment or a mansion. I have a house. Tragically, I am married to Tyler <laughs> King. Joe Exotic. <laughs> uh, Joe Maldonado, or I, I don't know how you say his last name. But sadly, um, we have three kids together. Uh, my job is fitness. So what I currently do and I drive a truck, which is fitting with my husband. Um, (laughs) and we are going to go to Hawaii on our honeymoon. So that is what I got. My options for husband were Nick Jonas and Matthew McConaughey. So I really played myself on that one. Uh, (laughs) and the kids, the other kids' options were zero or 10. Other jobs were a um, producer for a dating TV show and a beekeeper. My other job or my other cars that I could have had were a Jeep or a wagon. And my other honeymoon spots were Greece or Cleveland, Ohio. Got it. <laughs> but interesting. Fate spoke. Okay, here's mine. So I live in a mansion. Living Living large with my husband, who is Ricky Martin, which some people might be offended by this, but he was like my least favorite of the picks because my other two were Harry Styles and Tyler C. Like Ricky Martin Mm -hmm. was like my throwaway person. Yeah, well, we're going to be quite the power couples. Me, Tiger King, Joe Exotic, whatever you want to call him, you and Ricky Martin, (laughs) double date. My job is I'm a designer of some sort. My options were lifeguard or singer, which lifeguard would be horrific because I don't swim. Um, Honeymoon, um, we're going to Mars. So giddy up. That's where we're going. Rather than (laughs) Hawaii or Sweden, 
I drive a Range Rover, so that's cool, rather than a Tesla or a Honda. And then we have four children uh, rather than 32 or one child. So we got four. So overall, not that bad. Not sure how we're going to go to Mars. But other than that, I mean, I'm not mad at it. I know. Oh, gosh. Yeah, this game brings back all (laughs) memories of thinking you had your life planned out and it never turns out how you expect it to. So who knows? Maybe we will end up with... Joe Exotic or Ricky Martin or live in a mansion. And Mars, traveling to Mars really is not that far off either. So you can't rule anything out, folks. You don't always know how your future is going to pan out. But just know that you're doing fine and you're doing the same as just about everyone else. (laughs) Yeah, so... That is all we have for you guys. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Girls Gone Gab. We'll see you next week. Bye.